0: hello hello
1: hi guys
0: you are listening to the very first episode of the haunted heart podcast
1: with your hosts kenny
0: and katie so thanks so much for tuning in we are brand new little podcast babies so bear with us
1: very brand new we've already started this a couple of times (laughs)
0: yes we are you know we're getting through it you know how it goes but um yeah, we're so glad that you're here, and we're so glad that you're listening, and we have um, a lot of exciting stuff to share with you today. To
1: share with our family members. Yes. All of them that are listening. Hi, what? Mom.
0: The all three people that are listening to the podcast. Hi, Mom. Hi, Scarlett. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, today's topic is jilted lovers, and kind of the way that um, we're going to work this thing out is every week we're going to curate around a particular topic. Um, so this week it's jilted lovers you know another week it could be zombies or vampires or whatever Um, and we're going to kind of curate around that topic and then bring back the stories that we found most interesting um, that pertain to that to you and we're going to talk about them here
1: on the haunted heart
0: on the haunted heart (laughs) podcast
1: (laughs) have you ever been a jilted lover katie
0: I have not. I I haven't ever been a jilted lover. I I have many, many times been on the wrong end of unreciprocated love, but I haven't ever been in the specific situation of a jilted lover. Because I I would define that as somebody who is in a relationship with somebody or, um, or what have you, who either gets cheated on or that person decides that they don't love them anymore. That's kind of and I've never necessarily been in that situation.
1: So you've never been, like, full-blown, like, Glenn Close Jilted. level crazy? No.
0: No, I have never been to Glenn Close level. So what about you?
1: You, you didn't know I'm married to Glenn Close. Like-
0: <laughs> very true. Very true. Yes. So, so yeah. yeah. So we're going to bring um, some stories together um, that have to do with that. And we have some pretty good stuff for you this week, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- so, you know, interestingly enough, that it's kind of like, almost like a syndrome. It's not official. Like, it's not in the medical, um, you know, dictionary or whatever you want to call it. So, it's not official. Um, you know, like, being a gay used to be. But um. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes.
0: Horrible <laughs> medical diagnosis of being a human being. That's, yeah.
1: Yeah, there was actually um, a psychologist, uh, her name was Dorothy uh, Tinov, uh, she actually coined this term uh, called limerence, uh,
0: to describe
1: like... Is story. that like
0: where you write like cute little funny short poems? Absolutely. <laughs> limericks? Absolutely. <laughs> yes.
1: That's where it comes from. You write limericks to like... Yes. Your, to your lover, you right? Your to the person
0: who has to do. There you go. Exactly.
1: Um, But to describe, like, a temporary state of madness. um, And it sort of describes, like, these weird conditions where you have, like, um, an overestimation of the good qualities of your, quote unquote, beloved. And you really minimize the negative.
0: Yes. Yeah. I could see that. Because that's kind of how obsession works, you know. And and to a degree, anytime, um, anytime you have a crush on somebody, your brain is going to like really, really, really pick up on the good things that they are, the good things about them, or the things that they do that you like, and you're going to minimize the the stuff that maybe is a little bit irritating. It's kind of like the rose-colored glasses syndrome. Yeah. Um. So I could I could definitely see that.
1: Uh. And you know, there's also like this, you know, and you have this like acute longing, um, for the object of one's affection, like. That's you're laser focused.
0: I feel that. I, I mean, a lot of this, what's, what's so interesting to me about this particular topic is that a lot of it sounds like when you have a crush on somebody, like for me, um, when you are looking into this sort of thing, I think there's a, there's a very fine line, um, that you can cross between like having a really, really, really big crush on somebody and then full out obsession. Um, there's a fine line. Yeah. Like,
1: between being like, oh, I've got a crush on somebody, and like, oh, I really want a clipping of their hair to smell when I go to bed at night.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so I think it kind of does depend on the person. This, it's an interesting, and it's like a whole side tangent thing, but... Um, the idea of uh, romantic love back in the day was very like if you think about the poems that like Shakespeare wrote and people who were contemporaries of him, um, a lot of them the way that they describe love is very obsessive. It's the type of stuff that would make people uncomfortable today. So I think it's kind of a perspective thing, um, and I think society defines a lot of what what defines obsession as something distinct from romantic love or a crush or unreciprocated love or what have you
1: well it's different nowadays because you know you get social media and you get you know all of this technological influence that goes in so it's like you know back then they didn't have all that so like a lock of hair you know might be considered like exactly you know might be the equivalent to, like, liking someone's picture right. on Instagram. Like,
0: now. I 100% will go on the record on this podcast, <laughs> on the first episode of this podcast, and say, I mean, I could definitely see having a lock of my lover's hair even now. Like, I, I don't know. And maybe that's just, like, a me thing. Um, But I could, I could see that. If, like, you're in a long-distance relationship thing, like, I don't know. I could see it. Yeah. Maybe I'm just weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, I'm just gonna go on record and say <laughs> that you're weird. I mean that's why we're doing this. We're sitting here in the
0: dark. That's true. We are, it's, it's a very cool vibe. We have our candles lit. We burned some sage earlier. We have our tea. Sorry about the tea if I'm slurping in your ear and making it like an ASMR thing. That could be cool. It could be like a hybrid sort of thing.
1: Yeah, if you guys ever want some ASMR, just let us know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> ASMR could be our theme one week, and we just sit here and eat for you. <laughs> just sit tea. I mean, I'm about it. Um, if anybody ever wants to, if you want some really, really good ASMR, or if you don't know what ASMR is... And you're interested in it. Um, the Chew on YouTube. She, she is so sweet. I absolutely love her. Um, would you say that you're obsessed with her? I would not. <laughs> I would not say that I am obsessed. I don't want a lock of her hair specifically. I mean, if she sends me some, that's fine. But um, I'm not going to go out of my way, right? <laughs> no, no, seriously. But she's she's really awesome. If you have trouble sleeping, like it can it can really be helpful for that. So. I mean, I watch ASMR sometimes, so...
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting, because, you know, I know we're kind of, like, it's kind of not the subject, but, like, it's almost like a feeling of ecstasy, which is sort of the same thing that some of these people feel, because it's, like, you get this sort of euphoric, like, and I think that's something that's really, like, chemical, like, if it's yeah. something in your brain yeah. that makes you attracted to somebody, then their scent just sort of sends you to this right. weird you know place yeah that's a big Um,
0: one definitely scent Scent is a big um there's a huge connection to memory through scent and i learned that in the fantastic film starring oh god now i can't remember the name of it um it stars ashley judd and um hugh jackman
1: where's alex when you need (sighs) him?
0: i know right um Oh, I'm not going to be able to remember it, but maybe I can post it in, like, the comments on our site or something or in the description of the video. But it's so good. And in that movie, she um, she has a terrible breakup. She actually is a jilted lover because her uh, boyfriend cheats on her. And they break up, and she actually goes so far as to go to a doctor to have her, like, scent, whatever the part of the brain is that picks up scent, removed because oh, wow. yeah she keeps smelling like his cologne on like random guys and it keeps upsetting her so i always think about that so that is my very scientific source material for the scent is linked heavily to uh emotion and memory thing
1: yeah and so going forward with that so like all of these are just sort of aspects of like this sort of obsessive like what you would essentially call love sickness yeah um you know it's you're obsess- Except that
0: makes it sound so much cuter. <laughs> <laughs> Love sickness.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> Although it can be really ugly.
1: Um, You know, you're uh, obsessively thinking about this other person. Mm. You know, you're and you feel like deep agony when, you know, this relationship comes to an end or they've done something that like, like you feel that shit to your core. Right. You know, and it just... Again, or when they just
0: like don't know your name because you've... <laughs> actually never spoken to them. (laughs) That's
1: like you have these people that, you know, create this whole world inside their head and they are connected. So, um, you know, they're connected to these people. And so any little thing like, I'm sorry, what was your name? Like, that's what jilts them. It's not something like normal, like, you know, okay, this person cheated on me. It's, you know, Oh, they're talking to somebody else. Yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: that's just that's what sort of takes it to that extra that like that's what makes you crazy.
0: That's what makes you cling close. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> she will not
0: be yeah. ignored. So yeah, so I think um, in researching this week, I I think I kind of came across a situation that is a little bit different from that. It's this this particular situation. Um, is not necessarily... Well, it definitely incorporates obsession, maybe in a different way. But you were talking about how people kind of build this world in their own head, and they're really keyed into that, and, and maybe the other person isn't. This is a situation, interestingly, where two people sort of created a reality for themselves, and then one of those people got very, very upset when it didn't it didn't quite pan out that way. So So it's actually gonna I'm I'm gonna do a case. Uh bear with me. It is the case of Tall Hot Blonde.
1: Insert case study music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> case study music. Yeah, so um <laughs> so this is the first time I've ever actually kind of gone over um a case this way on a podcast and it feels really weird and i'm sure i'm going to be terrible at it so just bear with me and we will get through it together so i i didn't know about this case interestingly enough um until i started researching for this episode which is very unusual because i consume true crime like a maniac i'm i'm sure i'm on a list with the government Probably several lists. Um, hi, government. Maybe they're listening. <laughs> she's
1: like, they're like, they're sitting there in some FBI lounge, and they're like, here she is.
0: That's amazing. What if, the, what if the government is listening to our podcast? What if
1: they're obsessed with you?
0: What if they are?
1: There's some FBI agent. He's like, she's on. I mean, that's,
0: I mean, I'm not upset about it. Hi. It's kind of hot. Hi, government man. <laughs> FBI man. Anyway. Um, So I hadn't heard of this case Even though I consume True crime like a maniac Um, It's pretty interesting though I'm surprised that it's not Covered more widely Um, There's basically So basically I'm serving up Jilted lovers with a side of catfish Yes Um, So this particular story Takes place in May 2005 So take yourself back in your mind Um, That's been like 13 years ago now Damn Yes and think about the internet in 2005.
1: I don't... That was, obviously, that was my space era. So. Right, yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it was kind of like a... I think it was... I mean, it's like it's not like 1995 when it was brand new. But I would say 2005 is kind of like the adolescence of the internet. You know, it had gotten a lot of functionality. ASL. 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 <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it. I think um, it had gotten. I think of it as the adolescence of the internet because the internet had gotten a lot of functionality, but it, it wasn't necessarily the sort of um, anonymous playground that it was today. Or at least we didn't widely recognize it as that. It was like this weird, like thing. Like you people know, still went to chat rooms and talked to each other on like chat boards. It wasn't like
1: as big of a like concern because it was still like it was you know what I mean like chat rooms and stuff like that it was still kind of new so I think like everybody was into it yeah and so it was sort of like this thing not like today where you where it's a little bit more extreme like you get like FaceTime and like yeah all of this other stuff like I think it was a little more I think it was a little more accepted back then
0: I don't, see. I see it as the opposite. I think it was more taboo. I think. I think it was kind of like. Whereas now we're we're very like if you think about Instagram and followers and the whole concept of social media circles where you may not know everybody who's on your followers list, um, you may not actually know all of those people, and you don't really like nowadays. I don't really think we think about who might be looking at what we're posting online or what we're, what we're sharing. Whereas back in the day, the day being 2005, May, 2005, (laughs) I think, I think the the whole chat room craze was a little bit, um, at least for me, it was taboo. I know that I, around that time, probably, I guess it was maybe 2000. I was, I was young. Um, as opposed to the elderly creature that I am now, I guess. (laughs)
1: the hag sitting across from me. (laughs) Right,
0: right. But no, back um, probably 2000 or so, I I remember I got on my grandmother's computer and I went to this website that was called Chat Pit. (laughs) Yes. And it was very, like, it was very fancy. It was all black. And the lettering was like pink and green and blue. And you could just chat anonymously with people. Yes, very, very chic. The height of web design. Um, Yeah, so I would just, like, talk with people. And I pretended to be older than I was because I think I was, like, maybe, like, I don't know, 13. But that's what I'm saying. Like, back
1: then, like, it was so okay for, like... But it wasn't. But everybody was doing it. It's not like today where you get parental controls. You get, like, most people have... FaceTime and, you know, webcams and all of this other stuff. And, yes, we did have those back then, but it was a little more, I guess what I'm saying is it was a little bit more of a free space and it was a little more anonymous back then than it is now.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that, that it was more truly anonymous because there weren't all these ways that we have now of, like, figuring out who people are exactly. and researching. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I remember that, um, with in my experience, it was something like, I wasn't doing anything I wasn't supposed to be doing online, but I was still, like, shamed when, like, my grandma found out that I had been, like, on a chat room website. It was, like, a big deal, and I was, I was guilted pretty hardcore for not really doing anything. So um, I thought about that when I was researching this case. So to get into it here with uh, incredibly much ado, <laughs> <laughs> um, the case of Tall Hot Blonde, you have Thomas Montgomery... Um who is 47 years old. He's married and he has two teenage children and he lives in Buffalo, New York. Um, he lives in a suburb um, with his wife, whose name is Cindy. and he had previously been a marine um, when he was when he was younger. he never saw any action, but he did leave the armed service, Services? Armed services? That sounds weird. Armed forces? Anyway, um, he left the The Marines... The military. The military. (laughs) You know, military things. He left left the Marines with a drinking habit. And uh, he carried that for many, many years. And that kind of turned into a gambling addiction when the Internet kind of came to prominence. Um, So in 2005, he is on a gaming website called Pogo and
1: i think i remember
0: that do you really pogo.com
1: i think i do i i thought about
0: it i didn't i didn't remember it i think
1: that rings a bell yeah
0: yeah so they they apparently they had all kinds of different games and i'm not sure if pogo was a website that hosted games for both adults and children or if it was just a, a gaming site that was geared more at kids or what the deal was but basically he spent many many hours online gaming and uh, he's on Pogo and gets a message from a user whose name is Tall Hot Blonde, <laughs> and I want to spell it for you. It is T A L, H O T, B L O N D. So perfect. Yes. Yeah. But you don't know. Maybe maybe the T A L L was taken. Sounds like maybe. a Starbucks order. <laughs> I'll it take does. A tall, hot <laughs> oh my gosh! It so does. I didn't even think about that. No, it totally does. So, he gets a he gets a message from this uh, Starbucks drink order, and he he returned it. And soon they kind of started this like online relationship, and they were sending nudes and yeah. Um, and I guess they had a they had a lot in common, and they were. They sent pictures, and they talked at um, all hours of the night. He would stay up all night on the computer talking to her, and they would also send gifts. Um, she sent him uh, lingerie, and he she even sent him a set of custom-made dog tags that read Tom and Jesse forever. So Jesse is Tall Hutt, Blonde's real name. Okay. Yes. Jesse is 18. She plays softball. Um, and obviously she's... Blonde. Tall. Very important. (laughs) I'm assuming she's also tall. (laughs) Um, And the problem here is that Thomas doesn't necessarily introduce himself as Thomas, 47-year-old married with kids. Thomas, whose username was Marine Sniper, introduces himself as a 19-year-old Marine who is currently serving overseas in Afghanistan. So, obviously, you know, you're thinking how, if they're sending pictures back and forth, like, how is this 47-year-old posing to be this 19-year-old guy? He sent her his picture from when he was in the Marines 30 years prior. Uh Uh-huh. And told her that that was him now. Um, But when he told the story of, you know, currently being a Marine, when Marine Sniper is talking about you know, being 19, being a Marine and serving, um, he basically presents himself as this, like, really, like, sharpshooter, like, almost like a, I hate to say it because it's kind of a cliche, but almost kind of like a James Bond-type character. He, he's, he hints at um, covert ops and, like, dark deeds that he's doing for the country and yada, yada, yada. But in reality, you know, we know that he didn't, he never saw action as a Marine Um he he did serve, which I'm not diminishing that at all. But um, he, I think it was kind of his dream to serve in combat, and he never really quite got to fulfill that. So he was trying to fulfill a fantasy. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so he um, he reinvented his younger self as way more attractive. Um, he was six uh, two. He was 190 pounds, and he had bright red hair, he had big shoulders, and this is, this is Thomas Montgomery's words himself, he had big shoulders, muscles, and all that, and he had a nine-inch dick. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Now, it might be just me, but if we're going for fantasy... Is Twelve. that like right? I mean, I feel like if we're gonna I've got a 12-inch sniper. Right. If we're gonna if we're gonna make it up, go for the gold, man.
1: That's what you were doing back then anyway, like
0: Right. <laughs> so, anyway,
1: I guess he was trying to make it more believable.
0: Maybe. But, Maybe he thought But also still not. Right, right. So, he he Concocts this entire background of himself for this new identity. And um, that includes, even at times, inventing other false personas. Um, His backstory for... And he called himself Tommy. um, To sound young. To sound young. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. He called himself Tommy. And he tells Jesse, tall, hot, blonde, that at 17, he raped a cheerleader... And his life became so hopeless that he enlisted in the Marines after a stint at boot camp in June to train as a sniper he was headed to Iraq. I'm sorry it was Iraq not Afghanistan um, so he basically invents this backstory that kind of is dark like if I was gonna lie to somebody to make them like me, I don't know that I would tell Do them that I raped you people rape
1: somebody I mean yeah if I was on the I mean, if I was the tall, hot blonde, like, that would be like, okay.
0: Yeah. That was Goodbye. a really, that, there's a lot of really interesting points in this case, but that was one for me that was kind of like, why would he tell her that? Why would he tell her that he. That's interesting. Like. Cause it's not.
1: Did he, is that an actual, is that a truth? Like, is that something that happened? Maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe. Yeah. You know? And I he, don't know.
1: There's something that's, like, messed up within him. So when he's creating this fantasy world, either it, like... It comes out. It just comes out. And hmm. because he, you know, it haunts him so much hmm. or or whatever, you know. Yeah. Or, like, maybe it's a, a thing. Right. A or maybe it... Yeah, I maybe it was know. something
0: that he thought was attractive in a skewed way. It, yeah. That was a really... um that was an interesting kind of thing that I stumbled across. And it's not necessarily widely publicized as part of the case. It took a little bit of digging. But, um, yeah, that was, that was interesting to me. But, anyway, so um, Tommy apparently is overseas in Iraq. And in order to kind of further that story, that narrative, Thomas Montgomery actually invents another character who is Tommy's dad. So he's not only posing as Tommy, the 19-year-old hot, and in Thomas Montgomery's own words, um, Harrison Ford with red hair. <laughs>
1: this guy's like a human Wii game. Like he's got like all of these different little Wii characters. Yes. And he just gets on them. Yeah,
0: movies. yeah. Um, so he poses as Tommy's dad, um, and he kind of concocts these elaborate ruses. Um, where you know she'll get online and oh you know sorry Tommy isn't here Tommy's is, you know away or he he wasn't able to like get on today or whatever but I'll take your message and I'll relay it to Tommy so so the dad almost becomes sort of like a a go between between his imaginary version of himself and this Jesse character so they they talked on the phone every day between six forty a.m. and six. Uh, 50 a.m. and from 3 30 p.m. to 3 40 p.m. when tommy told jesse that he was off duty in reality those were the times that he was headed to work and coming home from work um and this thing continued for quite a while you know continued for quite a few months and and thomas montgomery told 2020 when he did an interview with them that the relationship became more real to him than real life Mm -hmm. um even at work, he was bragging about the relationship that he had with, with this hot teenage girl, and he told several people at work that he was planning to leave his wife and move to West Virginia. So this thing has really kind of taken on very quickly.
1: Yeah, it's consumed him.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, and that's kind, of a, that's kind of a good point, that it, that it, started, it started to consume him quite literally. He, um, on New Year's of 2006... Um, he wrote himself a note at work and the note read on January 2nd, 2006, Tom Montgomery, 46 years old, ceases to exist and is replaced by an 18 year old battle scarred Marine. He is moving to West Virginia to be with the love of his life. And there was more to that note that went on to say, um, something like, um, you know, he has millions in the bank and like, just, Crazy, like he has millions in the bank and he'll use this money to like buy a house and set it up for set it up for he and his new bride or whatever. Like it, it was, it was very clearly a case of somebody who really has kind of lost themselves and reality. Um, so that was kind of a chilling, a chilling moment and it kind of shows you where his head was. Mm-hmm so he he started to kind of believe his own lies as we see through that note um and it in march so he wrote that note in january in march one of his daughters was using his computer and jesse messaged him and the daughter of course very upset told her mother and cindy uh thomas's wife kind of hit the roof as you would expect yeah um and she ended up finding uh, gifts from Jesse. She found letters. She found photos. She found a pair of red panties. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And she, um, she was pretty upset, obviously. But this, this is really cool. Um, they had had trouble for a while, I think. I th- and I think the online gaming kind of was part of that. Um, for a while, he had been staying up on the computer all night, even before the Jesse situation. That just made it worse. And I think they had talked about divorce. And obviously, they had a big talk about it after she found the red panties, <laughs> as, as you do. Like think it's Tom end. So, um, but she interestingly took the step of sh- of writing a letter to Jesse. Um, and it and it wasn't it wasn't aggressive. You know, she she wrote a letter saying uh, she sent a picture actually of her family, um, explaining that the man in the center is Tom, her husband since 1989. And she told Jesse that he's forty six years old, and it was it was actually kind of a a nice letter because she said that Jesse should be more careful with her online safety as an eighteen year old girl. Right, you never know who you're talking to. Exactly. Um, so she kind of took that stance, which was really cool. Um, obviously, Thomas was uh, banished to the basement. They decided not to get a divorce right away, but he was relegated to the basement, and that's where he was. He was living. and They were kind of doing that. Really? Sort
1: of. Yeah. It's so strange. We're actually not going to get a divorce now. Yeah. You're going to live in the basement. Is she actually the crazy one in this story?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. She. I think Cindy's cool. I. I. I think Cindy's really cool. I think it's cool that she took. The, took it upon herself to write a letter to. Um. To Jesse, warning her. You know. So anyway, Jesse was really, really, really hurt, um, and she kind of freaked out. She messaged Brian, who is uh, a guy that she knew to be a co-worker of Thomas in his real-life job. So the factory where Thomas worked, which was the Dynablade factory outside Buffalo, New York. um, Brian Barrett, who was 22 years old, whose screen name was, get ready for it, Beefcake.
1: (laughs) Is there a number after that? There is not. He's the only Um, Beefcake.
0: Okay. He's the OG Beefcake.
1: The OG Beefcake. Yes. Hashtag OG Beefcake.
0: Yeah, so Brian Barrett worked at the same Dynablade factory where Thomas had worked for 12 years. Um, and he was attending Buffalo State College and was an aspiring industrial arts teacher. And he coached Little League um, in the summers, and he was he seemed to be just an all-around really great kid. Um, his coach called him an easygoing, quiet kid. Anything you asked him to do, he never complained about it. He never complained about running, never complained about drills. Um and even the athletic director at his school said that nobody could say anything bad about him. So Jesse reaches out to Brian, who she also knew through these online gaming chat chat rooms, to be a real life associate of Thomas, to or who she knew as Tommy, to kind of confirm her what Cindy had told her in the letter. Um, and Brian did confirm it for her. And then, after a while, the two of them kind of began an online relationship of their own. Ooh. Yes, they were they also sent pictures and they chatted a lot, and they spent a lot of time in these online gaming uh, chat rooms where Thomas Montgomery, Marine Sniper, also was present. And as these things usually go, um, Jesse sort of began using Brian and her relationship with Brian to get back at Marine Sniper. Um, so they would, um, message him and call him out on message boards and stuff for being 47. They would call him like a child molester or whatever, um, to get a rise out of him. Uh, but the whole time, what Brian didn't know is that Jesse was still talking to Thomas. Oh. So it seemed like they kind of couldn't, uh, she kind of couldn't break it off with him and there are some like really ridiculous chat, uh, Transcripts that I read through that are basically you know them talking about Tommy and mourning him as though he's like this real person that has died, um, which is very it's an interesting sort of
1: yeah that's a little weird
0: it is it is and they they both you know she she'll say things like you know I wish I wish Tommy was still here I wish he could be my Tommy and you know Montgomery will respond and be like but he's dead that sounds like
1: some sort of weird reverse thing happening with her. You know what mm. I mean? Like, she's also, like, she was so invested in that, too, maybe, mm. that, like, for it to all of a sudden not be real. Yeah. You know, it's like,
0: shit, like. Right. You know. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Um, and it definitely seems to be that sort of situation where they just can't separate Let go themselves. go of the worlds that they created. Right. So, eventually, they end up back together. And uh, for a brief time, Jesse and Montgomery were back together, Montgomery this time as you know being him his true self, a forty seven year old married man with two children. Um, and this was really where he kind of had it all. You know, he had the hot young teenage girl, and he was being honest about his about who he was. So I think I think at this point in time, he probably felt more accepted than he ever had because she knew who he was and she was still into it unfortunately that didn't last long (laughs) um
1: (laughs) damn it i thought it was gonna be right off into the sunset right off into the sunset you know (sighs) tall hot blonde and what was his name marine Uh, sniper marine sniper sniper
0: hot hot young redheaded harrison ford yeah unfortunately that's not what happens jesse decides um to break up with montgomery again and takes up with Brian once more, Brian Barrett. And uh, at this point, I think this is really where we see Montgomery, his downward spiral really kicking into high speed. I think I think he's been on a downward spiral for a while. Definitely not in a good place. But I think um, this is where we see him, his break with reality really starting to have some some really, um, really really dark consequences. So Brian posted that he was visiting, um, he was on a work trip to North Carolina and he was planning to visit Jesse on a message board. He posted it uh, in public on the message board and Montgomery saw it. Apparently that was the last straw for him he had never met jesse in person i don't know if it's like a jealousy thing that now brian was actually going to meet her
1: yeah like how dare he meet her before me right
0: right yeah i don't know if he was worried that they would consummate the relationship or what the what the deal was but um on september 15th of 2006 at about 10 p.m montgomery hit his breaking point and brian barrett um, who had just finished his shift at the Dyna Blade factory, uh, was sitting in his car in the parking lot, and he was shot three times in the neck and the left arm. Ironically, uh, when the police arrived, the police chief uh, described it as a sniper shooting. Ooh. Yeah, I thought that was particularly poignant. Um, Brian had been sitting in his truck after work, and there was actually a witness who saw somebody in the area, um, but unfortunately, they didn't find Brian's body until two days later. So he was he was shot on September fifteenth, um, and somebody later had heard shots in the area and saw someone running, but the police didn't didn't find him until I guess the seventeenth. Um, and after that, when they started talking to people, it didn't take them long to put th- two and two together. Um, they Once they kind of started pulling computer records um, and found out about Jesse, they were really, really worried about her safety. Um, obviously, with Montgomery kind of unhinged, they were concerned that if, if he had hurt Brian, um, that he potentially could hurt Jessie. So the police kind of go out to... They're able to figure out where Jessie is, who she is, where she lives. Um, so they go out to warn her and check on her for her safety um and when they arrived at her address a middle-aged woman named mary sheeler opened the door (sighs) are you shocked (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it took forever to get there Because I've known this whole time And you haven't known And it, it just feels like it took what? a really long time to get there I didn't even think <laughs> I told you I was I serving even... up jilted lovers with a side of catfishing Double yes, catfishing Double
1: catfishing Why did I not even think I did not even think of that Double catfishing Did not even think of that
0: So Mary That's Sheeler That's why she kind of
1: was maybe going back to
0: him Mm-hmm. Maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe she, she saw something of herself. Yes. So Mary Sheeler. I'm I'm assuming it's pronounced Sheeler. I could be wrong. Please send me emails. I'm sure you will. Um, <laughs> Mary Sheeler, um, 45 years old, also married, and also a mother of two. One source that I had said she was a mother of two. One source that I had said she was a mother of three. So maybe... Maybe a mother of two and a half? I don't know. Um, basically, Mary had been posing as her teenage daughter, Jessica. Oh, that's gross. The entire time. That's gross. The photos. <gasps> the photos were her daughter.
1: Nude pictures?
0: She was sending nude ones? Was that... I don't know. I don't know that the, the, I, I kind of dug and dug and dug for that. I can't imagine that it was like actual nude photos of her daughter herself. So i I'm like, how would you? Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't think that was the case. Cause the daughter of course was completely unaware that this was going on. So it may have been like a, like a Photoshop sort of situation. Um, but she definitely had sent photos of her daughter to Tommy as part of this online relationship. So Yeah. Ooh. I wish you guys could see the look on his face right now. Ooh. You can't hear it, that's like, but I can see it.
1: That's like cutting into a juicy ribeye, you uh-huh. know. And you get that little <laughs> bit of like a little bit of uh, you know fat in there, and you just let it just burst in your mouth when you eat it. It, uh mm. so good. Yeah,
0: but so, so bad. bad. So I mean, awful. yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. Awful, yes.
1: definitely awful. But like the story itself very juicy
0: right yeah so so jesse had no idea real life jesse had no idea what her mother was doing um apparently this is something that had been going on for a long time her husband didn't know either obviously um and montgomery um was charged uh november 27th so shortly thereafter um montgomery was charged with um, murder, and he pled guilty. Um, as part of his plea bargain, he received a 20-year sentence. So, and uh, part of what helped them solve the case, prosecutors said that Montgomery's DNA was found on a peach pit at the crime scene. You know, I'm, I, you always got to bring your snacks when you're gonna murder. You chew it on a peach. Yeah, you you always got to have snacks, especially when you're murdering people. <laughs> um. Apparently, there was a photo of the Montgomery family's gun cabinet, which also showed the old military rifle that was used to shoot Barrett. And those were the keys to the case um, against him. When the police pulled the chat correspondences between, obviously, they pulled um, correspondence from Brian Barrett's computer, from Thomas Montgomery's computer, and from Mary Sheeler's computer. When they pulled those correspondences, there were hundreds and hundreds of pages that were compiled by investigators for the case. Um, so, you might be asking, what happened to Mary Sheeler?
1: Yeah, like, what happened to her?
0: Nothing. Well. Prosecutors searched for a way to charge her, um, long and hard. They wanted to charge her for something, for anything in the case, but they... Concluded that she may quote may have tramped all over the moral and ethical line, but she never crossed the legal one.
1: Um, well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, what, I mean, she was chatting with someone. I mean, yeah, she lied, and there was some ethical things going on, but like, yeah, she didn't tell him to go
0: exactly. kill this man. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so she was never officially charged with anything. Um,
1: but she's bound to have felt some sort of guilt. This, like. she's
0: only ever talked about it once um, she talked about it once to the BBC in an interview um, and she said quote it was stupid it should never have happened I just never thought it would go anywhere that it would end fall off and that would be the end of it end quote
1: she got addicted
0: I think she was just as, as addicted as Montgomery I, I obviously think that Montgomery had a whole lot more going on um, mentally maybe oh yeah with him no,
1: it's, yeah, it's definitely, it was both parties definitely addicted, and that's just insane.
0: Yeah. So, Mary's husband divorced her, obviously, and her, her daughters cut ties with her. Um, the real-life Jessie cut ties with her, and I, I believe her other daughter as well. Um, so, yeah, that's what happened with her, and um, Thomas, I believe, he was sentenced in November... Um I think it was November 2007. So 20 years would be in November 2027. I couldn't yep. find any updates on like his release dates or anything like that. Um he did do quite a few interviews as parts of documentaries and like specials that have been done on this case and he seems really repentant now. Um I'm not making any excuses for him at all, but it it does seem that there's a through line in his life of this Addictive personality You know First it's Addicted to the idea Of combat As a marine And then it's An addiction to Alcohol And then it's An addiction to Online gambling And gaming And then it's This addiction To this Vision of this 18 year old
1: It really just All stems from A place of Really Just this Deep like Self-loathing You know what I mean Like You just You hate your life You Hate You know You just you just feel that so deeply within your core that like you feel as if your only option is to act out by doing these, you know, by creating this, by escaping world. And, you know, and I don't know, um, you know, quote unquote, tall, hot blondes, you know, what she was trying to like escape, escape from, you know, there might be some issues there, you know, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just you know, it's really tragic all the way around, but
0: It um, is. It's terrible. The the thing about this case that is so awful and the thing that you're left with when you look at it, when you when you go through all the crazy twists and turns. Brian Barrett. Yeah. You know, the one person who ends up paying the ultimate price in this case is the only guy who's telling the truth. Right. You know, he he really was 22 years old. He really was a student. And and that's what really... That's what you're left with, is, you know, you have these two people who are pretending to be these other, other people um, and who are building this elaborate fantasy, and the only person who ends up really paying the ultimate price is the guy who was just being himself.
1: Well, you know, they say it's like... Um... You know when you feel that sort of you know when you feel that sort of way that it's like um like it's almost like the same thing that you would see in um like drug addicts and Hmm. cocaine users like Mm -hmm. that same part of the brain uh fires up in a cocaine addict that it does with like someone who is quote unquote you know like Going back to like jilted love right. syndrome, like it, right. it's that sort of addiction lights up the same way. So. I totally
0: agree. I think one interesting thing in the two thousand nine documentary for the Tall Hot Blonde case, they said similarly something very um, similar to that: that love is the greatest human addiction, oh, yeah. and all the other addictions can't can't quite compare to that one. Oh like yeah, that's the one that we're just stuck on.
1: Yeah. Well. That was, like I said, extremely tragic. Um mm-hmm. I will say, uh, I actually watched uh, a very interesting film. So this is a little bit more lighthearted. Good. Yeah,
0: that's probably <laughs> that's just, good. So how are you guys feeling? <laughs> are you feeling uplifted? Is is it, like, are you just really damn, feel feel good? Feel good vibes?
1: Damn. I came <sighs> yeah. over here for some like
0: hearted horror. Yeah. No, no. No. So what movie did you watch? What oh, is this?
1: Oh, 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 oh. So, uh, so this movie actually um, had to, like, scour the internet to find. Oh, no. I watched it legally. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. That. All right. Yes, very important. Very important. I watched
1: it legally. I, uh, I bought it on Amazon. There you go. Um, yeah. So it's a 2009 movie called The Loved Ones. Uh, And it's actually an Australian horror film. And, you know, we both know how much.
0: I love love Australian horror.
1: Specifically Australian horror. It's
0: just fantastic.
1: Because they're so crazy.
0: Yes. I'm convinced that an Australian woman can basically defeat any foe. And or save me from any sort of.
1: Any it, sort of situation. I, I mean, essentially, if like, you haven't
0: seen your next, just watch it. You'll yeah. understand. Crazy, and also <laughs> the opposite end of the
1: spectrum, like the the serial killers. Right. Like, you either get the you. It's two extremes. You get like the extreme, like Final Girl, who's yes, like, fuck you, yes, badass, yes, and then you get like the extreme killer who's like, you're not getting away. <laughs> you know what? I another mean? Like, great
0: one. Another great one for the killer is Wolf Creek. Oh yes! Fantastic. That is an old, old
1: favorite of ours. I know you can't. I know you guys can't see it, but that look he gives you—that, you, that, yes. you probably it probably oh, works God, really so well good. with the candles. Yes, right now. yes. We'll have to post a picture on
0: Instagram so <laughs> well, that you guys can see Kenny's impersonation of that guy. We'll do that. We'll
1: post a picture of his face with yes, a picture yes, of mine. Yes, with your face. Yes. And you um, guys can so we'll have to remember it. to do that. But yes. um, anyway, so I knew you would really like this because it's Australian horror. Yes, um, I'm very excited. So it's, again, like I said, a 2009 film. Uh, it's directed by uh, Sean Byrne, uh, starring Xavier Samuel and Robin McLeavy. And it's essentially about this high school kid, this guy. Um, who gets into, he gets into an accident with his father, um, and his father ends up dying, so he starts the film sort of, like, really... That
0: is quite an accident.
1: Oh, you yeah. mean a car accident? Yeah, like a car accident. Okay, alright. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, just,
0: to like, an accident accident. Like, a, like he gets I into a spilled car. this on the carpet. No,
1: he gets into a car accident. Okay. My bad. Okay. Anyway, uh, he gets into a car accident with his dad, and so he starts the film really sort of, like, uh, suicidal. I guess because he mm-hmm. feels he was driving the car, mm-hmm. and he was learning how to how, he was learning how to drive at that point,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so he sort of you know felt like it was his fault.
0: You know what this sounds like? This sounds like suburbia, and I hate to make a Shia LaBeouf reference on our very first episode, but that that's it's kind it. of like the beginning of suburbia. It's over. <laughs> We're done. No, putting the stop button. No, <laughs> I will be his last fan standing. Um, so even, anyway. even if it kills me and it might,
1: <laughs> well, if it kills you, we'll, I'll report about it here on the, perfect, the podcast. Yes,
0: You have to let the, the three listeners know.
1: So, um, anyway, so he's in high school and this girl comes up to him and it's prom and she asks him to go to prom with her and he's like, you know. All angsty. He's got his hair on his face. You know, very, like, 2005 emo, like, going back. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I was very Uh, into it at one point. He's just like, no, I'm going with someone else. And she gives him this, like, oh, (laughs) look that is absolutely insane. So, anyway, she, he ends up going, he's trying to actually, um, he has a girlfriend, but he that he's going to the prom with, but before he meets her, he goes to try to uh, commit suicide. Or he, mm. he, he thinks about it. He doesn't go through with it, but he mm. thinks about it. But in this process, he um, is abducted by this man who actually turns out to be the father of the girl.
0: Oh. So. Who was mad because the girl liked him or mad because... He didn't go to prom with her.
1: He well, so there's this weird. I'll, I'll get into that. Okay, okay. So he kidnaps this guy or this this boy. Um, and so the guy, the the boy, he wakes up, uh, and he's they've set up their own prom.
0: Like oh, they've no. set up their own prom.
1: He wakes up. He's tied, you know, and gagged to a chair, and he's in like his he's in like a suit. Mm-hmm. And so the daughter and the father have like this weird sort of like relationship where he's trying to make her happy
0: uh, by
1: finding her a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And they actually play this really weird song. um that's, I'll actually link that too. I'll actually link the song.
0: That's um, like the worst, like one of the worst situations to wake up like bound would be at a prom at like a weird creepy private prom so
1: it's really like they wake up or he wakes up in this you know like shack of a dining room that's like you know really sort of creepy and they've got a disco ball they've got streamers no
0: the more festive it is the more it's going to hurt. Like, uh-huh. it's just going to be so bad.
1: I'm talking disco ball streamers. They've got uh, little party hats or whatever. Okay. Well, you um, know,
0: <laughs> you can't have a party without a party hat. Right. So if there's a party hat well, there. Well, no, the party
1: hat, it's like a little, they had like little paper crowns to crown her the queen of the prom. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's to be the king of the prom. There you go. Um, But there's like a whole bunch of, I'm not going to talk about everything, but there's, you know, He's trying to figure out like, okay, how the hell am I going to get away, get out from this? Because he, he, as he's watching this, like the relationship between the daughter and the father is a lot, it's a lot weirder than that um, Mm. because she's essentially trying to look for her perfect mate Mm -hmm. and he's not obviously not the first guy that they've abducted. Oh, Um, so this is what happened
0: happened. to the to the imperfect mates.
1: So what they would do is um, they she took a fork and carved a heart into his chest with their initials on it and then stood back and threw salt.
0: Girl, that's not good, though. Why are you going to mess up a perfectly good chest like that?
1: How you, gotta, you what, How you got
0: to How you gonna snuggle with that? How you gonna snuggle this, with that open wound?
1: One of the fu- one, one of the parts that I really thought was actually kind of funny was, um, <laughs> he's sitting there and he's trying to figure out a way to you know to escape, and he you know goes to the same thing that everybody goes to, which is I've got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> which I would say, what if I'm abduct- abducting somebody? I'm sorry, motherfucker. You can sit there and piss your pants. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna let You're
0: you not, go to the bathroom. Yeah, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't imagine that people would be as concerned with that, like abductors, right. would So like, the same she, way I escaped kindergarten homeroom <laughs> is going to be how I'm going to escape this crazy prom exactly. abductress.
1: She grabs, so she like grabs this glass of milk because they're eating like milk and chicken mm. for their
0: <laughs> for their prom meals. Oh god! Downs it, gets down. That's the scariest part of the story. <laughs> milk I mean, and chicken. Right you know that chicken was dry too you know it was you
1: know it was dry so she gets down there and like unzips his pants for him to pee in the glass and then obviously it was a lie so he's like and she just looks up at him and she's like go and he can't go
0: i mean maybe it wasn't a lie i mean it definitely was a lie but like i feel like i don't think i could pee on command into a glass that someone else is holding well, some people are shy. Some people are.
1: But this bitch looked up at him and said, Are you telling porky pies? <laughs> and I confirmed this with an actual Australian, that is Australian slang for lies. But the way she looked up and she had that glass and said, Are you telling porky pies?
0: Oh my gosh. I wish awful. either of us could do an Australian accent right now, but I we really just can. we just cannot um we just
1: cannot so it's a very interesting film like you know at the end of it she decides that he is not her prom king uh but that her father is okay so they have a very weird moment okay um
0: i mean it feels like we were moving in that direction (laughs) yeah like that we were heading there
1: but like they go and they she has this book and like she's been doing this and he's been trying to find her like for years, like, ever since she was a little girl. So, like, he was abducting, like, little boys when she was a little girl. And it's just, it was really insane. It was a good movie. I would rate it, like, maybe maybe a three and a half out of five. Like, there were some weird points in it that didn't make a lot of sense. But overall, it was a good film. You know, them Australians make pretty good films. So
0: what happened to him? Well, so
1: he, he eventually escapes because there's this other weird thing that they do where they, like, once they realize that he's you know, that they're not this isn't the one. Right. Uh, they drill a hole into the victim's skull and put uh like cleaner in it.
0: Like windex and hot water. I don't know what it was. Are we allowed to say Windex? Is Windex trademarked? I not Right, But it,
1: like, stews their brains, and then they throw them in the pit, in this, like, weird pit at the bottom of the house. And so, like.
0: Oh, so it's like a Dahmer thing. Yeah, so, like. That's kind of like Dahmers love zombies.
1: Yeah, so there's, like, these weird, like, creatures that live under the house, which are all, like, (gasps) former.
0: Oh, no. Like,
1: men that all have, like, you know, holes in their head. Right. uh, Because their brains are, like fucked
0: right yeah, you know? yeah yeah that tends to happen um, when you but when he of course so a good old cleaner into your she brain.
1: he actually ends up down there and she's like i'm all right so uh he escapes ends up killing her father which then like really really fucks with her and you know oh, she like no. pushes him down into this like inescapable hole and it's like okay well now i'm gonna go kill uh that bitch that you were gonna go to prom with and i'm gonna kill your mother Mm. That's what I'm going to do.
0: Mm. Anyway, he
1: eventually escapes, uh, tracks her down, uh, and uh, runs her over.
0: With a times. car? Yeah, with a okay. car. Good. With her, Does with he her, do the old re- reverse move?
1: Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, it was the reverse move. Beautiful. So she actually um, made it to his girlfriend, and, like, they had a struggle, and she was running away. He comes in with a car, sees, her, sees the crazy girl, hits her, goes and picks up his girlfriend, who was running down the road Uh away from the girl Uh and like grabs her. And then like next thing you know, like the girl who had been hit with a car, like has her knife and is like inching along the road Uh using her knife, like just still so determined to get to this guy and like kill them. And then, you know, he backs up. (laughs) <laughs> and just like runs her over so her body like she's lifted she's lifted up like this and the car comes back and like poof, oh and like hits her. i wish
0: you guys back. could see these hand movements they were very scientific but it was again a this is film. a podcast <laughs>
1: and you know what's in, and then even interestingly enough there was uh this really crazy guy um who loved this film and this mm-hmm. is an actual uh <laughs> this is an actual thing he loved this film Um, and he copycatted that, he copycatted that film and killed his best friend in the same manner, like his, was found, um, yeah, he particularly liked this film so much that the victim, who was a friend of his, um, was brutally beaten, sustained 49 knife wounds and had cleaning fluid found in his eyes. Um, and he had salt in his wounds too, um. So
0: that's crazy. Yeah. Did he do like the heart thing or you don't, you know, I don't maybe know that he did the
1: heart thing. It just says that he um, was just brutally, you know, tortured. Um, but I know that he had, you know, lesions and stuff on his body and that there was a, like he had put like rubbed salt in mm. his wounds and had clean fluid injected into his eyes, not his skull, but I um, feel like
0: the eyes are worse. Yeah. Injection into the eyes is worse. Ow.
1: Yeah, but he, um, he got life imprisonment. Yeah. For
0: that. I mean, so, you know, that's a good way to get it. Just kind of
1: god awful.
0: That's crazy. So that movie's called The Loved Ones. The Loved the Ones. Yes,
1: yeah, definitely check it out. It's a re- it's a pretty good film. So. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, man.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Oh me. Yes, lots of jilted lover action going on. So, so to kind of, um, I guess close us out we haven't talked about any witchy stuff yet
1: um and if you haven't noticed or realized katie is your resident witch sort of sort Sort of of kind of (laughs) of, i mean
0: enough (laughs) enough yeah so um i figured it might be fun to look at different spells um that you can use if you are a jilted lover. I do not endorse any of this officially, nor does Kenny. Neither uh, of us endorse it. You cannot <laughs> no, endorse this. No, I don't. <laughs> so, neither of us endorse this, but we thought it would be fun to kind of look at like revenge spells and like um, kind of what that sort of rationale is. So, I found this uh, great website. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is just a high class uh, source. Um, called spellsofmagic.com. of <laughs> magiccom
1: blatantly obvious absolutely. Dot com.
0: absolutely so the the um, the web design here is just something that I'm not I'm not sure if I can describe it with the words that I know um,
1: oh I've been on that website
0: yeah right it's great so um, the first one we'll take a look at is uh, a spell to punish a lover for leaving you, right? So, apparently you carve the name of your target on the phallic red candle. Just, you know. Uh, You know uh, know the one. The phallic red candle that you have around your house. For a split second, I thought you were going to say the chest. Yeah, you just carve (laughs) into the And then you salt? That's what you... Yeah? No. (laughs) So, you're going to carve your lover's name into the phallic red candle. Hopefully, it's like a short name. Like, like Tom or Bill. Because otherwise, you're going to be carving a while.
1: What was that? <laughs> Tall, hot, blonde. <laughs> tall,
0: tall, hot, blonde. Maybe that's the reason the other letter's missing. Make it quicker. Yeah, maybe. Who knows. Um, cast your magic circle. It should contain an inverted pentagram with the spirit point facing south. Light the incense. Place two black candles on the fire and water points of your pentagram. Holding the bottom with your trash bag. Light the phallic red candle. They really like that phallic. word. They really. I feel like we're just gonna start putting it places that it doesn't even belong. We're just gonna sprinkle it Let in.
1: Talking to my phallic shaped microphone.
0: Oh God! <laughs> now I'm not gonna be able to unsee it. So we're, we're lighting the phallic red candle, and we're using it to light the other two black candles. Um, be sure to do so in a counterclockwise rotation, and then you place the red candle, where's the phallic adjective? Now it's not a phallic That's red candle, because it's lit? <laughs> I don't understand. So we're placing the phallic red candle... Across from you on the opposite side of the circle with the name of the target facing you. We're going to smooth the trash bag over the center of your pentagram. Pass the personal possession from your target through the incense smoke. And then toss it cavalierly into the trash bag. Cavalierly. Okay. <laughs> that is like adverb like 100 points for that adverb. Cavalierly. cavalierly. <laughs> So we're gonna hold a rose by its stem over the flame. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of props. This is what in happens this situation when you're obsessed. You have,
1: I mean you like, you just really, have
0: all of these things. Yeah I mean you really get into it. Is that a red flag that you're becoming like obsessed with somebody if you just start buying phallic red candles? Uh, as I look around at all of the phallic candles <laughs> we're <around> in <laughs> a room just surrounded by phallic <laughs> red candles everywhere. No, you I, actually can't move without like hitting one. There's actually two phallic red candles right
1: over
0: (laughs) here. Yeah. So um, we got this rose. I don't know where we got it from. We're holding it by its stem over the flame of the candle, allowing it to color as it burns without lighting on fire. Uh, I'm not sure I understand that sentence. Apparently, as we do this, um, we're going to visualize our former lover experiencing an agonizing burning sensation in their genitals.
1: Ooh, is this a
0: passionate burning or is it like ouch? I don't. It it says agonizing, so I'm feeling like it's probably not good. Whatever (laughs) it is, some people maybe some people are probably into that. that.
1: Pain into pleasure.
0: So, after we do that, with the agonizing genital burn, um, we're going to cut the rose into three pieces, leaving the petals attached to one piece, and toss them one by one into the trash bag with the personal possession. I don't know if we do that cavalierly. It doesn't say. Maybe we do that with great purpose. Great
1: purpose. Great
0: intent. <laughs> As you do, recite the following incantation, red rose, red rose, with thorns so thick, cut, slice, glaze oh not glaze glaze is something different glaze is a good thing no um i'm gonna try again (laughs) okay very serious red rose red rose with thorns so thick cut slice graze and prick this as i (laughs) it was going so well it was going so well
1: i had to it was it was just there
0: (laughs) third time's the charm okay red rose red rose with thorns so thick cut slice graze and prick as i have cried now so shall they make pleasure they feel now turn to pain let them suffer this awful fate pray that their apology does not come late for if they do not pay their dues they'll find themselves broken beyond any use and that's the end there's no period but i think that's the end So then we close our magic circle, we snuff out our candles in a counterclockwise rotation, we place the candle remainers in the trash with the rest of the regents, and we tie the bag shut and dispose of it in a crude place. Uh, Specifically, like a dumpster or a sewer drain. Don't do that. Don't dispose of things in sewer drains. That is littering. That is not cool anybody out there casting spells witchcraft do not litter
1: I'll throw it in a dumpster it's
0: not cool put it in a dumpster so that it can be carried away don't don't litter people
1: it was supposed to be a crude place yeah it I'll has to be a crude it, place I'll take it to work like a, a dumpster <laughs> behind a bowling alley
0: that's where I would put it um so we're that's supposed to literally and metaphorically say good ridd- riddance to the bad trash. Expect the spell to take effect within a week. The spell's effects usually last between three days and a full lunar cycle, depending on the intensity of your hatred for the victim. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So, personally, I'm not really into, um... I'm not really into any ritual or spell or anything like that that's designed to, like, punish somebody else. I'm not... That's not my deal. Like... I think that you get back from the universe what you put out into the universe. So if what you put out is good and positive energy and, you know, helping people and being good to people, then you get that back, you know? Um, But I, I personally, I don't think that that's a good use for magic. And I think it always comes back to you tenfold. I think anything you do to somebody else comes back to you tenfold. So... But anyway, there were some funny ones. Uh, theres I'm just going to call out a couple of the names of these. You guys can research them on your own on the fabulous <laughs> SpellsOfMagic.com. Um, there's a cat curse to turn your lover into a cat. Okay. Which personally I don't know that I would be that mad about.
1: Uh, Winifred Sanderson did that, I believe. I believe I know that spell. Yes,
0: absolutely. I had forgotten about that, actually. When I read about the cat curse. Twist
1: the bones and bend the back. <laughs> Itchy dick malica mystica. Love that. Yeah, I know that <laughs> so one. So good. Yeah.
0: So you're familiar with that one. Oh. I don't think I would be mad at that one. I think I'd be, I'd be fine getting a oh, cat.
1: Oh, okay. I've got nine lives <laughs> now. Thanks. Right.
0: right. <sighs> Thanks. Um, there is a fat curse to make a lover fat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who has cursed me? <laughs> Who, where the fuck are you?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Who did it? <laughs> I thought you said you weren't a jilled lover. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but who knows? I, I could somebody so. that I just didn't maybe. Have know. Maybe. Someone could have been like, you know, hey, do you have a pen? And I could have been like, no. And they're like, ultimate shooketh. Ultimate shooketh. <laughs> and they're
0: like, you know what? Fat curse on me. Right? That's what happened. There's the ever popular condom curse. Oh, God. Which is exactly what it sounds like. You don't ever want to. You don't wanna, need magic to do that, though. You don't. Right. You just need to be crafty. Yeah. That's a terrible. One that is awful. Um, you know what happened to the person that cast that?
1: They end up with triplets.
0: Yes, I feel like I I really do believe that's the way it works, man. I think if you if you put that on into the universe and you try to put that on somebody else, you might be successful, but ultimately, I think you're paying the price. Um, and then my my other favorite one was the mind of a frog curse, just because it's so creative. Like I read that and I was like, what if? What would that be like? Like, what do frogs that think about?
1: Like, I can actually see that being very, like, Relaxing. terrible. Well, no, like, terrible. I feel like, like it would be like a vacation. Somebody just to have the mind of a frog. So then they're just, like, in this, like, headspace and you just leave them there. So, you know what I mean? Like, you just have this person that's just left with, like, trying to catch <laughs> flies. And then they're just left to be, you know, admitted to an insane asylum. For the rest of their lives. Trying to catch mm. flies.
0: I mean, but usually these, what I found with, um, at least the ones that I looked at, they all had time limits. Like, the fat curse, I think, only works for, like, a couple weeks or whatever, and then you have to cast it again. So, I don't know. Maybe it would be cool to think like a frog for, like, maybe a day. I mean, definitely less stressful.
1: Yeah. That's true, I guess.
0: Hmm. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah. Those are spells that, again, we do not endorse you to cast, but it's pretty fun to read about them.
1: Yeah. I think it's pretty cool to sort of look, you know, look into it. Um, Obviously respect it. Right. You know. um, Yeah. But not condoning any of you doing any crazy shit to other people.
0: Don't be Glenn Close. Do not. Only Glen Close can be Glen Close. Exactly. Not you. (laughs) Not you. So that's stilted lovers.
1: Yes, it's been really exciting trying to get all of this information, uh, you know, together for you. We really hope that you've enjoyed it. We, you know, uh, decided on this theme for, uh, you know, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. That's
0: right. So we had not mentioned Happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. We to love you
1: all.
0: Probably like one and a three. half of you now.
1: Yeah, probably, (laughs) probably nobody by now.
0: (laughs) But thank you so much for listening. Um, Again, we are new at this, so we will grow.
1: We're only going to get better. We're at level one right now. Just wait till you see us at level 10.
0: (laughs) It's going to be really similar to level one. (laughs) Just going to set those expectations. But yeah, so thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you back next week. And until then, take care.
1: Have a good day day night it's nighttime now so i'm gonna tell you to have a good night
0: keep it spooky